Oh, good morning. Very warm welcome to our service of worship as we gather on this first Sunday in Lent. May you know God's loving presence with you. I'd like to uh, welcome Mr. Graham Finney, who's going to be playing the organ for us over the next few weeks. Let's turn our thoughts to, uh, to worship, and our call to worship this week is from the first letter of John, chapter 4, verses 9 to 10. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So let's worship God as we sing our first hymn today, Lord Jesus Christ, Living Lord, Mission Praise number 435.
Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that you are our living Lord, that you have come to us and that we may come to you. And you are worthy of all praise and honor and glory. You are our Lord, the Lord of all things. You're completely holy, loving and good, full of grace and mercy and kindness. We thank you for coming to us through Jesus, your Son, coming into the world to live and die and rise to life again for us, so that through faith in him we may receive forgiveness of our sins and be brought into your holy presence and belong to your family forever. Forgive us, Lord, for any unkind thoughts or words or actions, for any ways that we have not followed your commands to love one another and to love you with all our heart and mind and soul. Forgive us for not loving as we have been loved by you. Cleanse our hearts and our minds and renew us and fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we may live in love, joy and peace and share the good news of Jesus with the world around us. For we pray all these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power and the glory, forever. Amen. Well, I wonder what our Bible story is going to be about today. I've got this box. I'm going to give you a clue if I turn it round. Lost property. That's right. Now, this is our church lost property so I'm not going to just tell you a story today. I'm going to take this as an opportunity to return some lost property, perhaps. You don't, I won't embarrass anyone, but if you do recognize an item, I'll leave the box at the front and you can come up a wee bit later. So first of all, we have a very nice beret um, in the lost property. I'm sure that's got a good home to go to. Uh, we, we've got a, a, a nice golden water bottle. Um, we've got a pink water bottle with a bit of water le left in it there, so, um, uh, and we've got a few slightly smaller objects, which so um, a little bow, a red and white bow, and I don't know the technical name, is this a scrunchie or, right, don't ask me how I knew that, but anyway, um, and this is an interesting one, it's a little pea, pod pea thing, which I'm not sure what you put in it, but you can put something in it, I think. So that's an interesting one. So I will um, leave this at the front for later, but as you can Im imagine, we're thinking about things that are lost. And have, have you lost anything, Ruben? Have you? You lost your Rubik's Cube. Did you, did you get it back eventually, or? No? Oh, well, hopefully you'll turn up sometime. Anyone else lost something? So 
Well, uh, perhaps something from here, but uh, <laughs> or or maybe um, maybe one of us has been lost ourselves. Uh, any of us have been lost at one point? Maybe in the, when we've been out and we've turned the wrong direction, we can't find our way back. That's not very nice. But when you find when you're found again, it's really really good, and you feel really good. Well, I'm just going to pop this down here, and. Do help yourselves if it's yours, I <laughs> should say, um, at the end. Uh, but we're going to have a story today about being lost. And this is a story which is about a father who had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, I'd like to take my inheritance. That's the money uh, that his father had stored up for him. And he took the money and he went off. And his father was very sad because it was a bit like his son was was kind of lost to him because he'd gone away and he, he didn't know where he was for a while. And so the, so the son goes off and he um, spends the money and he has, uh, he, he tries to have lots of fun, but the, the money doesn't last very long. And actually he runs out of money, but funnily enough, when he runs out of money, no one really wants to be his friend and he has to find some work, but it's quite difficult finding work there and he eventually ends up working feeding pigs, which is not perhaps a very nice job for him, but he gets so hungry that he thinks, oh, I'd love to just eat what the pigs are eating. He gets that hungry. But then he thinks to himself, what am I doing? I could go back to my father and say sorry, and I could offer to work for him, and I'd at least get food and shelter, and I'd know people. And so that's what he does. He, he comes back to his father, but his father is looking out for his son and he sees him from a distance and he runs out and he gives him a big hug and he says, uh, welcome back, my son. And he didn't hardly had any time to say sorry to his father. His father was just so overjoyed with seeing him and he welcomed him back and he said, we must have a big party because this son of mine was lost but now he's found. And that's what they had. And this is a story that Jesus told us to um, tell us what God is like when we come to him, when we say sorry for the wrong things we've done, and when we come to pray to him. He's really glad that we spend time with him. So we're going to, we're going to pray about that now and uh, give thanks for God's love for us. Let's, let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for this story that Jesus told us about how happy you are when we come to you and say sorry and listen to what you tell us. Help us this week to spend time with you in prayer and know how much you love us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our, our next uh, song is an action song, and I'm sure it's one you'll be familiar with, many of you. It's Wide, Wide as an Ocean.
In a moment, we're going to have our prayers for others, but uh, as we uh, as we begin through our journey through Lent, we're um, going to have a responsive psalm this week, and this week it will be uh, Psalm 32, and uh, as we have in the past, uh, I will um, read the first part, and then there's a, a response uh, where it says all, and we all say that together, and this is, uh, the, these are the words of Psalm 32. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them, in whose spirit is no deceit. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place you will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Do not be like the horse or the mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. So let's bring our prayers for others to God now. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you that you are our hiding place, our protection in times of trouble, and the one who is able to deliver us as you surround us in your loving presence. As we bring before you the needs of others, help us to lay down the burdens we are carrying at the foot of the cross, knowing that you give us all we need and every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus our Lord. Gracious God, as we remember the needs of our world, the war in the Ukraine one year on, the recent earthquakes in Syria and Turkey, and the continuing suffering and pain of many, we present our own prayers for our world to you in the silence now. Lord, our comforter, healer, and friend, thank you that you love and care for those who are on our hearts, near and far. We remember those who are suffering, those who have lost loved ones, those who are sick, whether in body, mind, or spirit. As we name them before you now in the silence, may they know your comfort and healing your provision 
and the peace of your presence. God of hope and life, thank you for the lives of those who have gone before us, trusting in you, who now live in the joy of your nearer presence in heaven. Help us to live in the same hope and remain faithful to the end, sharing the good news of Jesus throughout our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour and Redeemer, in whose name we pray. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing our next hymn, Jesus is Lord, Mission Praise number 367. First reading for today is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. Jesus answered, It is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, 
he will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. All this I will give you, he said, if you will bow down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and angels came and attended him. The second reading is from Romans chapter 5 verses 12 through 19. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Amen. We continue our worship as we sing our next hymn, There is our Redeemer, Mission Praise number 673.
Let's pray as we come to God's word. Gracious God, we come before you and we thank you that you are the God who speaks to us, who takes the initiative and uh, reaches out to us in our every need, that you have come to us through Jesus, that you have given us your spirit to help us and to uh, guide us into all truth. And as we come to your word, we ask that you would illuminate our minds and our understanding and our hearts with uh, the truth of your word. We pray that you would strengthen us and challenge us and renew us as we listen to what you have to say to us. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, a little earlier we were thinking about what it's like to lose something and then find it again, or to be lost ourselves and to be found again. In Jesus' parable of the lost son, we were thinking about the joy that God has when we come back to him, when we find forgiveness and life in him through his son, Jesus. I remember some years ago going for a a long walk in the countryside with friends and One of them had a map and a compass and was giving us directions in the way that we should go. But after an hour, we turned the corner down a path which looked strangely familiar. We had, in fact, been going round in a circle, not the way that we had meant to go at all. And so though we thought we were going the right way, we ended up in the wrong place. I'm sure we can all relate to the experience at one time or another of having taken a wrong turn and having gone the wrong way or or getting lost. It's usually not a great problem when we're traveling for us to get back to the right road and eventually find the place that we wanted to get to. However, taking a wrong direction in our lives, going a way that takes us off God's way of living, has more serious consequences. It's what the Bible calls sin, and left unchecked, undealt with, it hurts us and can hurt those around us. But even more than that, sin can ultimately take people along the path of spiritual death. As it says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. What if, however, we discovered someone who has never taken any wrong turns in their life? Someone who has never made any bad decisions, never lived selfishly, never harmed others by their words or their actions, and never made any mistakes or had any failures? That would be someone worth knowing, someone worth following, someone worth listening to. The amazing claim the Bible makes is there is someone just like that. That someone is, of course, Jesus Christ. He is the one person in all of history the Bible teaches us who has never sinned, never done anything wrong, and has always gone God's way, whatever the consequences. In fact, Jesus is the only person in the history of the world who has led a life of perfect obedience to God, 
in loving God and each and every person perfectly. And it's this perfect obedience of our Lord Jesus that's the focus of our Bible readings today. As we'll be looking at a little later on, it's this obedience of our Lord that has made a way for us to be forgiven our sins and to receive life that lasts forever following our living Lord Jesus. The season of Lent is a time when we traditionally take time to remember Jesus' perfect obedience to God through his life. His perfect obedience that led ultimately to his death on the cross for the sins of the world. Today we begin in Matthew chapter 4 verses 1 to 11, just after Jesus' baptism and following 40 days of fasting in the wilderness. As we read, um, Jesus' perfect obedience to God is tested by the devil who is described as the tempter. Now, some weeks ago, we were looking at beginnings in the book of Genesis, and we first encountered the devil appearing in the Garden of Eden, appearing in the form of a serpent. The devil tempted Adam and Eve to doubt God's word and to do the one thing that God said would lead to death. Though surrounded by many wonderful fruit to eat from, Adam and Eve listened to the devil's lies and deception and took the forbidden fruit. That first act of disobedience opened the door for sin to become part of the human experience. Yet even in that terrible fall from God's perfect way of life, God was making a way to cover the sin of humanity and to open the door to everlasting life in his loving and holy presence once more. With the coming of his son, Jesus Christ, God was making a way to renew and to restore humanity. Where Adam and Eve had failed and brought sin into the experience of every person since, Jesus, through his perfect obedience, was going to overcome the effects of sin and bring forgiveness and life to light through his life, death, and resurrection. It might seem strange to us that uh, it says in the first verse of Matthew chapter 4 that it was God's Spirit who led Jesus to go into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. But what we have to remember is that Jesus had to walk the path that we all walk to make a way for us through our own times of wilderness and temptation. He had to do what we could not, so that through him we can do what we couldn't do by ourselves. He had to take on the problem of our sin by first facing temptation to sin and the tempter. He had to succeed where we had failed so that in him we can walk through the trials and temptations that we face with the power to overcome. In both Genesis chapter 3 and Matthew chapter 4, the strategy of the devil in tempting 
is to try and get people to doubt what God has said. It's to invite us to believe the lie that going another way is better than God's way of life and goodness. In essence, temptation is an attempt to get us to believe a lie. For example, that it's okay to take something that doesn't belong to us, or that we should always be looking out for ourselves rather than thinking about others. And I'm sure you can think of many other examples. The lies of the devil often come by the twisting of the truth. This happens in the devil's attempts to tempt Jesus. The devil even quotes scripture to try and get Jesus to step outside God's will and make a name for himself. Knowing what God has said and living by that is absolutely essential in facing times of trial and temptation. For in the truth of God's word, we discover freedom and life. And yet, knowing and even quoting God's word when faced with times of trial and temptation isn't the full story. While it's useful to know Jesus' strategy in combating the devil's attempts to derail his perfect obedience to God on his long journey to the cross, there's more to it than simply quoting scripture. We don't overcome in our lives, whether in a time of difficulty or a time of temptation, simply by attempting to copy Jesus' example. The fact is, in our own strength, we're not going to be able to overcome all that might come against us. Because just knowing the right way to go, even knowing the Bible well, doesn't mean that we'll have the strength to go the right way. What we need is God's grace and strength working through us to enable us to overcome the times of trial and temptation. And that's what we get through a relationship with Jesus Christ. John's Gospel in chapter 1 verse 17 says this, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not about struggling ourselves to follow a set of rules and commandments. It's about receiving God's grace and truth through Jesus to enable us to follow God's ways. Looking at our other Bible passage today in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 to 19, the Apostle Paul tells us that just as sin came into the world through Adam, and many people died spiritually as a result. So through Jesus Christ, life has come to many people. As it says in verse 17, For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? And in verse 19 it also says, for just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Now there are a couple of things mentioned here that 
We need to try and understand the opportunity to reign in life, as Paul puts it, or to be overcomers in life, we might put it ourselves, depends on a couple of things. We need to receive God's abundant provision of grace and the gift of righteousness through Jesus Christ. We need the gift of righteousness from Jesus because we can never be good enough in our own right. We can never work our way into God's family. We all fall short of God's perfect standard of obedience, all apart from Jesus, who never sinned and be has become our sin offering on the cross. And so when we follow Jesus and trust our lives to him, asking for forgiveness for our sins and new life in him, God freely gives us the gift of Jesus' righteousness. Perhaps describing it like putting on a garment that we receive God's righteousness through Jesus so that we can come to God through Jesus and he accepts us. So that's his gift of righteousness that we receive through faith in Jesus. It justifies us before God. But as we walk each day of our lives, we also need God's grace for each day in order to empower us to live like Jesus, to become more loving and more fruitful in following him. Growing in our love for God and others comes as a lifelong daily walk where each day we need to receive God's grace and strength to live in a loving way. We think back to Jesus' temptation. Uh, let's remember it also came after his baptism. Now, Jesus didn't need to be baptized for any sins that he had committed. He was sinless. But he was showing us the way of following God's way. And baptism in Jesus represents how when we place our faith in him, we die to sin and we rise to new life by the gift of his Holy Spirit, who assures us that we now belong to God as his child. And this, this image of baptism, which tells us the way into God's family, when we die to sin and rise to life again by his Spirit, as we come for forgiveness, as we receive new life. This is the real prerequisite for reigning or overcoming in life. We need to be connected to God and his loving presence by faith in Jesus in order to receive his righteousness and his grace to live day by day for him. And then when we come to read his word and to pray, it starts to make sense to us. Rather than just being words in a book, it becomes a living word through which we hear God's voice speaking into our daily lives. And everyone who becomes a follower of Jesus also needs to feed daily on God's word and to pray. None of us becomes 
uh, a Christian and suddenly becomes all that we're meant to be. It's a walk of faith and we need to be fed daily by God's Word and spending time with Him. And so if you've ever heard it said that you just need to listen to the Bible once a week in a church service, I would say this, even Jesus needed time every day with God his Father in prayer. And he said that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes to, from the mouth of God. And so rather than going for a week without anything to eat spiritually, we need to come to God daily. We need to be nourished by him in our daily walk. And we need to come to him in prayer daily as well, so that we can find what's on his heart for us. How wonderful it is that we can know and follow someone who has never gone the wrong way and will never lead us in the wrong path, who promises to be with us and to give us the grace that we need so that we can be overcomers too. Thanks be to God for Jesus, our Saviour, who by his perfect obedience has made a way for us through the cross into God's loving presence forever. Amen. Let's pray together. Lord God, we thank you that uh, you have given us your word and we, we thank you, Lord, that you have made a way for us to become members of your family. It is uh, as simple as a child can understand. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us to have that childlike faith day by day, coming to you with our needs, putting our trust in you, asking for your grace that we need to face all that we have before us. We thank you, Lord, for the perfect obedience that you have given us for that obedience that took you to the cross to die in our place to take away our sins and rising to life again to give us that new life so help us this day and in the coming days to receive that grace and to remember that we are made right by you thank you lord that you accept us into your family. And so, gracious God, we have so much to be grateful for. For you have given us the greatest gift in giving us your Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Saviour, through faith in whom we receive forgiveness of sins and everlasting life by your Spirit. And so today we ask that you would receive our gifts with grateful thanks as we dedicate ourselves once more as your family to share your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We conclude our time of worship as we sing our final hymn today, uh, To God Be the Glory, Mission Praise number 708.
now may the peace of God which passes all understanding keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge of Jesus our Lord and the blessing of God Almighty the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen.